You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to this week's show. So we are uh, flying solo today. Just Andrew Paul is working. Uh, Andrew should be working. But we will get through this intro pretty quick here. And uh, I just want to go through uh, a few things. So first off, thanks to our partners with the show. Uh, go Wild, the guys at TimeGoWild.com, online social media for hunters and anglers. A lot going on there. Um, check them out. Out. We've got half rack, um, code Ohio Outdoors 15, saves you 15%, all kinds of little knickknacks and stuff you need for hunting, as well as like that meat lug cooler, which is super sweet. Blackgate hunting cameras, best cameras I've ever used for out in the woods. Um, Justin Ryan over there uh, doing great things. Ohio based company, check them out uh, if you get into this off season scouting um that we're moving closer towards the season's not over yet but we uh might be something to to put on your your need list there uh x-vision thank you to the guys over there for their support and your thermals and night vision needs so we are getting into that coyote breeding season if that's something you're into maybe check them out and finally the guys over at timber ninja uh, all your saddle and mobile hunting needs. Looking forward to new things from them. Jason, those guys are, are super creative, inventive, um, and uh, top-notch gear. Top-notch gear. Can't can't say enough about that one. So um, thank you again to our partners there. Get you a couple stories here from around the state. Or not real, not a ton of news, but uh, just a reminder, now is an excellent time to watch for bald eagles. So uh, if you're out and about, um, the state is, you know, talks about winter being a great time, um, to be out, see them beginning their courtship and nest building activity in January and February. So even something good for the kids, if you're outside with them, um, and then ODNR inviting you to partake in the 58th annual Hocking Hills winter hike. Um, it's slated for old man's cave, Cedar Falls and Ash Cave. A six-mile hike on January 20th. Uh, so check that out. And then the only other one I've got here we'll talk a little bit about in the show. But a reminder that uh, the Ohio BHA is hosting a public lands pint night at Land Grant Brewing in Columbus on January 18th. So that's next Thursday, I believe, about a week from the day, day this show uh, releases. And uh, that's a great place to meet people. Uh, network talk common uh you know things people have in common all that kind of stuff great great event great people over there um i wanted to say a uh, shout out to uh, my buddy pat who i know has been putting the grind in for deer for a last couple of years and uh this past weekend might have to get him on here talk about it but if if you will uh he sent me a picture that he had caught one on saturday and uh, i think we've if you've hunted long enough, you've got that friend that or my my situation with my mom. Um, did you catch one? Did you catch one? Of course, we don't actually catch them, but 
Pat caught a doe on Saturday. And then he went back out on Sunday and caught a buck. So, and a very nice buck. So, congratulations, Pat, for uh, on that deer, those deer, and getting that monkey off your back. I hope everybody had a great muzzleloader season. If you got out for that, um, as we move into spring here, we're going to try to get you some, some different types of guests on. Uh, this week, we've got Henry from the Ohio BHA and Jessica from the Ohio BHA. Uh, to talk about small game hunting, really. Now, Jessica also does Ohio Women on the Fly. So this is an interesting um, discussion there about uh, getting women involved in the outdoors in general. Uh, from what I hear and some of the pictures I've seen, Jessica is quite the angler. So, or angle, angler one? Yes, angler. We'll stay there. And uh, probably some something that we could all learn from. I know I... Uh, kind of got a little bit excited in talking to her that maybe I could go learn how to fish, fly fish because I've got all the stuff sitting here uh, and I just need to find time and patience to go do it. But uh, we're going to talk a little small game this week and Henry is, uh, he wouldn't ever consider himself a small game expert, but I, I compared to a lot of people he is and he's got a lot of experience with it. It's a major passion of his, which is where a lot of that starts, right? So um, hopefully this is something that you guys can take a few notes from and get out in the woods, do a little small game hunt. I think we've got till the end of the month on that, but if, uh, yeah, if you guys don't mind leaving us a rating, uh, it's always a huge help on the different iTunes, Spotify, different platforms. Um, check out our website. It's, uh, the podcast.com. We've got our shop on there. All kinds of products and stuff if you need that. And you can learn more about our partners, uh, more about us. And we appreciate you guys for all that you do and listening. And hopefully get you through some of these dreary days as it's about 35 degrees and pouring rain at the moment. But um, hopefully we get a little bit of snow. It would be good to get out there and uh, enjoy that part of winter. But anyways, thank you all very much. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds official. No, it's super official. That's like <laughs> and, uh, Can't back out now, right? No. No. It's not. No, no regrets. <laughs> well, this, this beats the watching that football game that's on TV tonight. I'll tell you that. Uh, Michigan, yeah. Oh, we don't talk about them. Paul's <laughs> convert, converting to be a, a Michigan fan now. Just, no. I, I, I acknowledge that they have a good football team. And, and Andrew's like, I'm never talking to you again. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, yeah. Yeah. we've got Henry uh, from the Ohio BHA and Jessica. Now, Jessica, you're going to have to remind me what the organization before. I'm not going to try to butcher it that you are involved with. Yeah. So, I'm the co founder of Ohio Women on the Fly. Yeah. Also, the, a board member of the BHA, too. Okay, cool. I want to start with something. This is this is not on topic, right? We're going to talk about women on the fly. We're going to talk about small game hunting. But I, we had our, our conversation there, Paul, and you don't even know what I'm going to say. But um, <laughs> we had our conversation with Pete Novotny, right, um, the, the retired game warden, and we talked about the R3 movement. And I had somebody reach out and ask me what the R3 movement was. And I – and it's – and you know what? 
shame on me for not bringing that up in that conversation because I know a lot of times we hear different terms and I can't even tell you what the three R's are. I, I know what the program idea is, I can't, but I can never remember what the actual three are. I'm sure, Paul, that you know uh, off the top of your head. Henry, you probably know. Jessica, you might know. Can we talk about that just for a second, the R3 movement? Yeah, sure. That's uh, recruitment, retainment, and reactivation. That's your three R's. And what is, like, what's the point? What's the point? Well, if you're not familiar uh, yeah. with it. You got, you got three aspects that come of that. I mean, recruitment, obviously, is when you're looking at bringing new people who are not currently engaged in whatever it is. So for hunting and fishing, obviously, you're, you're bringing new people that have never done it before into the activities of hunting and fishing. Um, you also have retainment, which is retaining the current people that are already part of that population, keeping them engaged and keeping them part of the group, part of the organization. And then reactivation is getting the people that might've been into it at some point in their life and kind of fell out of it, but drawing them back in to, to join our ranks as uh, outdoorsmen and, and women. So I think all three of you kind of have your own organizations or we all have organizations that we're involved with. How do you guys, Paul, at the NWTF, you utilize some kind of a strategy like that? I know the R3 movement itself has been kind of big on, you know, I, I guess in my mind, the hunting license and fishing license and that kind of stuff and just getting people outdoors. But is it something that with BHA or with NWTF or the women on the flight utilizing some kind of similar technique or do you follow those the R3 idea as well? You want me to answer that about NWTF or Jessica, you can talk about people hear me every week. I don't, I don't, I don't even no. hear myself. No, so you can Jessica, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. yeah. So, so the, the, the way that like my organization handles it and, and way a lot of, of uh, NGOs handle it um, is so one, we have a lot of partnerships with state agencies. So we, we support uh, financially, and through events, um, stage and the R state agency R three coordinators across in our neck of the woods, the forty nine states. That's one way that we do it. So we help fund R three coordinators in the state of Ohio or Michigan, Indiana, Alabama, where wherever it is. That's one way that we help um, our state agency partners handle, uh, you know, recruit, retain, reactivate. Um, one of the things that that the NWTF has just recently been uh, done is if we've started a with a couple other uh, organizations, the hunt for good campaign and, and the hunt for good is, I guess, essentially it's like a marketing campaign targeted at non hunters to, to help the, the non hunting public understand what it is that one, what hunting is and two, why it's important. And three, who are the people who do it? Not necessarily trying to recruit people to the ranks of, of hunting, but to, to help people understand why people hunt and why it's important in a, in a broader picture so not just like well it's great to kill deer or turkeys but why why is it great to kill deer or turkeys when we talk about wildlife management and uh, funding models and, and and all of that stuff so we've talked about this on this show when um there's there's a lot of research that's done on the approval of hunting of legal hunting and trapping from from a non-hunter's perspective and that's fallen over the years 
um, over the last two years. And and so when you look at the percentage, like you, you equate that to like number of people, like 13 million people, 13 to 15 million have changed their minds to say, I no longer agree with legal hunting just in a two year span, which is a lot. So, and, but we've seen trends where you drop like four or five, 6% over 10 years, but it keeps going. Um, you know, eventually you're going to have a lot of people that just don't agree with legal hunting. And that's, that's like, that's where you don't want to be. Right. So I guess there's a lot of facets here. Three. Hopefully that answered your question, Andrew. It's great. I just realized there's like a llama on my desk back there. I don't know where that came huh. from. <laughs> Sorry, um, Henry, Jessica. Do you guys or Jessica? Do you I have a squirrel moment if I've ever heard one? What's that? That was a squirrel moment if I've oh, ever man, heard. I'm having some or cricket. <laughs> Jessica, how about you guys when it comes to growing your organization and uh, what you guys are doing? Yeah, so Ohio on the Fly basically is just like a pretty, um, you know, just specific for Ohio. Um, it's basically the point of it is to, it's a platform to get more women out on the water, feel safe, um, gain knowledge, um, and, and everything, you know, everything that goes with that. So we also do events, we do presentations, we have group meetings, we have like group outings, things like that. Um, it has grown quite a bit. Um, you know, it started off with just Katie, uh, one of myself, and is uh you know it's it's a pretty pretty known uh group and not only in ohio but um nationally as well which is pretty exciting um it's a little bit different because we do not have actually like we don't actually have like a place to kind of sign in or anything like that it's just whoever wants to show up and so um but yeah i mean same very similar to what you guys are doing but just you know just focusing on fly fishing and getting more women out in the water uh, Jessica, is this only for women? Because there is maybe <laughs> a man on this conversation that has accumulated a lot of fly fishing stuff, but he still does not even know what to do with it. And he so might. We, yeah, yeah. Hypothetically we started speaking. off with ladies. I know um, but, we, <laughs> but we have actually grown and, and, and started doing a lot more like co-ed, uh, co-ed trips and things like that too. Um, you know, it, it it seems like it's we create it's we've basically created a very safe uh safe place to learn and uh and yeah and i i think that like i said it you know we do have just solo women women's groups but if if a guy really really wants to come we we, we don't turn yeah no judgment you so. guys have a co-ed tying night i think what uh this wednesday at what immigrant son yeah so we have um a co-ed tying night at immigrant sun so just you know, open vice night basically everyone just comes hangs out drinks beers and you know shares tips with each other about how to tie certain things so uh it's going to be our third one we had two already one at hi-ho brewery and and then another one at immigrant sun and then we're having this one once again there and one more in february at hi-ho so uh and then like i said we do presentations that are always co-ed we just had a secret santa where uh fly tying uh event basically everyone got to put their names in a bucket and everyone shared flies so it's just like a very happy safe place to like get more people out in the water and, and get kind of interested in fly fishing and, and and everything that goes with it awesome very cool yeah well let's talk small game hunting <laughs> if that works because we had a listener that reached out and said, hey, we need somebody. We, it'd be really nice if you talked about small game. And I think like two days later, Henry, you got the picture, the video of your dog going after squirrels. And I'm like, hey, I know that guy. And I bet he can come on and talk to us about small game. So we'll kind of like title this idea small game 101. And then I think 
Jessica, you went out with Henry recently and got your first squirrel or first with the dog or? Yeah, correct. My first squirrel. Yeah. Very cool. So I guess, Henry, can you just tell us when you think small game hunting, I know you've got the dog and, and all that kind of stuff, but if you were just starting fresh up, oh, there he is. Oh, he looks cozy. Oh yeah. He's bored <laughs> with the game too, huh? The, uh, if uh, you were to just get started and you said, I want to, I want to get into squirrel hunting or rabbits. I don't even know. Like I think squirrels, but what else is there? What is, what is small game hunting? Well, if you live in Ohio and you want to be able to hunt a lot. So let's, let's set the whole deer bow hunting thing aside. Cause obviously that's a long season you can get into as well, but if you're like a beginning hunter and you're looking to get out there and you're looking to be able to just spend a lot of time, but not necessarily have like the pressure and, uh, I, I guess the, the long all day sits that the deer hunting kind of puts on a hunter. I think squirrel hunting is probably your best opportunity. Or if you're looking into like getting into even like upland hunting, it's, kind of similar to that um if you're looking to put miles on your boots if you're looking to get into hunting with dogs and just exploring different areas um it's, that, that's honestly your best bang for your buck in the state of ohio for small game hunting is the squirrel i mean ground nesting birds for small game hunting we we're lacking on that as of recent years, like the grouse population is down. I'm hearing that possibly there'd be no more grouse season next year. Um, we have some woodcock, I guess all the pheasants are just planted by the DNR. So that, you, you know, those are just a, a Chinese bird to begin with. So if you're looking to go after like a native species, you can either go after solo or you can go after with dogs you can go from September 1st to January 31st every year. So you can go from warm weather to nice fall to cold winter. I mean, you're, you're going to get a ton of opportunity and you're going to learn how to get out there in the woods and how to, how to really start getting into hunting. And honestly, if I hunt squirrels, kind of how I hunt deer, if I'm by myself, because they're kind of hunting, they're in the same net habitat, like they're eating the same things, they're eating a lot of mast. Um, you got to kind of, you have to be still, a lot of observing, things like that. But then if you also get into the dog world, then that's just a whole nother rabbit hole that you could jump down into um, just to occupy your time with. Um, and I, I would say if you want to get into it, just go out, get yourself like a, a shotgun, 20 gauge, 12 gauge, or 22 or whatever, and just get out there in the woods and start just messing around and seeing what you can find. I mean, it, it's it's fairly forgiving. It's not like you're going to wound a squirrel like you would a deer and track it for three miles and never find it. And so I, it's just a great avenue just to get out into the hunting world. And they're good to eat. Oh it's yeah, delicious. Yeah. So yeah, every every squirrel you look at, look at it as a five pack of wings. <laughs> yeah, 
That's funny. That's funny. Seriously, you got four legs and then you got the midsection. It's a five pack of wings. So if you're I don't I can't say I've ever really gone out specifically for squirrels. Usually it's when I get bored in the tree stand and I'm like, You're pissing me off, right? Um mm-hmm. What time of the day do you go out? Well, um they are mildly crepuscular, kind of like deer, you know, most active in the dawn, most active at dusk. But they're also where they differ from like deer hunting is they are more fair weather dependent. So they have a nice warm home that they can hide in if the weather's really crappy and they won't come out. Where if you're a deer, you're just kind of stuck to the elements because you don't have a a den to go into. Um, But, you know, if you have decent weather, you can honestly just hunt all day and uh, see something at any point during the day. But, you know, dusk and dawn, they're, they're the most active. What's a bag limit in Ohio? I haven't even looked at it this year. Uh, six a day. Six a day. Does that matter if it's gray or fox squirrel, red squirrel? Nope. Uh, it's, it's a mixed bag. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, three species here. You got red squirrels, which are also called pine squirrels. And then you got the gray squirrels, which you get in the gray phase or the black phase of the same species. And then you got the big ones, that, which are the fox squirrels, the reddish brown ones. So I'm going to tell you a secret, and it's going to be a really good secret because we're going to put it out to the masses. There's a population of albino squirrels that's what? about two miles from my house. And okay. We, and it's on the way to school, okay? And I take the kids, and we go down White Squirrel Lane. And one morning, <laughs> we counted 21. Holy wow. cow. Okay. And one time, I saw there was a dead white squirrel in the middle of the road and I was sad. And I was like, this is when I first moved out here. And I was like, Oh my gosh, the white squirrel died. And it's like the end of the world. And I look over <laughs> in the other yard and no joke. There were seven just like frolicking. <laughs> it is seriously like the little population of genetics there or whatever. It's the recessive trait. Great. I, I've never seen one of those before. Oh, come on down, buddy. We'll go find white squirrel lane. We'll take you to the kids. We all count. So I've got one in my backyard. That's got like these real, like, tufty like white hair coming out of his his ears yeah. must be like the grandpa squirrel he must i'm gonna i'm gonna get a picture of him it's it's pretty yeah fun. let me see so tell me about, go ahead months what well, no i was gonna when's when's the breeding season for squirrels so they have two breeding seasons a year they breed twice a year um you're looking at late December, early January, and then you're, you're looking at six months from them. So, you know, around, around June. Okay. So does that affect their movement at all? I mean, I remember I'm pretty deer, deer brained. Like that's what we're focused on, right? With the deer is the rut and everything. Yeah. So if you go, so have you ever been out muzzleloader hunting during Ohio's wonderful muzzleloader season, which is, well, actually still ongoing right now. Yeah. And you just see squirrels just chasing each other everywhere. Yep. So that is typically means that there is a, a hot female, which are called sows. Um, and every male within a several mile vicinity is going to catch wind of her. And they're all just going to chase her down. And sometimes you'll see like just 10 squirrels chasing one female through the woods and if you're looking to get a bag limit, that's that's a pretty good bet because they're really not paying attention to you. If you do catch that, and I, 
I've experienced that a couple times now, which is just kind of mind blowing. There's just like a, a freight train of squirrels running past you in the woods. That's aw- That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's going uh, on right a now. experience. What's that? It's it's going on right now in my backyard. I've, I've oh, been yeah. laughing. Oh, yeah. It's super time right now. Uh, I, I I knew that they bred, you know, like early summer. I didn't, I didn't, I I was just, I was looking at them like, man, this is like, this is like a breeding season. Like they're fighting with each other and chasing this one squirrel. And I had the grandpa oh, yeah. squirrel that just, that I've <laughs> never seen before. So, yeah, good so, stuff. Of the three that we have, are, is there one that you focus in on more than others? I mean, honestly, I'm mostly going after gray squirrels and fox squirrels. Um, you know, red squirrels are, they're cool, but they're, they're so much smaller. You don't, you just don't get as much meat off them, you know? Um, and red squirrels are actually just side note. They're actually like part of the weasel family. They're not even an actual squirrel. I'm not surprised by that. Those are things are so aggressive. Paul, isn't that what you were fighting with in your, your barn or your shed or whatever? Your yeah. The old, tiny, the old tiny ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red squirrels. Yeah. They're, they're pretty mean. They are. We We have a, a ton of them when we were hunting up in Michigan. They're everywhere, and they're just like super aggressive. And yeah, you know. but yeah, I mean, if I were to, if I, sorry, yeah. I, I said if I were to pick, I mean, I like fox squirrels just because they're the biggest. I mean, small, you're small the most. out there, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Jess, that's what you got the other weekend for your first squirrel. It was a big old <laughs> fox squirrel. Fox squirrel, yeah, it's pretty great. Go ahead. Have you seen the fox squirrels that are like down south, like in like South Carolina? Yeah, I used to live in Georgia and I used to hunt down there. They're super weird looking. I'm trying to remember. They had like gray bodies and black heads. Yeah, gray bodies and black hair and or uh, black like heads and like a white nose. I was just looking at pictures of them. Yeah, Um, because I I I remember being down there and and uh, like golfing or something, and someone's like, "Oh, that's a fox squirrel." I'm like. No, it's not a fox squirrel. Red. That's not a fox squirrel. Yeah. It's definitely a fox squirrel. So. Yeah, they're like southern fox squirrels or whatever. Yeah, but they're about the same size as the ones up here. They are big. They're. I think they might even be bigger. They're like mini raccoons. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one last question I have: You mentioned the weapon, like taking out a gun, uh, like a twelve gauge or a twenty gauge, or a twenty-two. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because I'm an idiot. Um, I mean, any 22 or is there like uh, when it comes to the 12 gauge, you put a choke in there or what? what like, I mean, I, honestly, like I, I primarily hunt with the shotgun over a 22. So, I, I mean, your opportunity for shots on squirrels, they're typically moving. Or you can also if you have a shotgun, you can shoot them when they're like jumping from tree to tree. So it's kind of like wing shooting. Um, I, I just think that's a little bit more fun. I mean, I, I like shooting rifles. I'm, I'm good at shooting rifles, but I, I think just for the fun aspect of it, I, I like a shotgun. I like to, you know, I'll get in pretty close. You know, you're looking at 40 yards or less, you know, for a shot. Um, I have a 20 gauge I take out usually, or, you know, if it's, really crappy weather out i'll I'll take uh take out like a a 12 gauge that's you know cerakoted or whatever for duck hunting um 
But if I'm in my backyard, you know, I'll just use like a, a Rimfire 22 or a 17, something like that. And what size pellets or shot are you putting in that? Uh, sixes. Sixes are my favorite. Okay. Yep. Six high brass, two and three quarter inch. Very good. All right. So let's, Jessica, do you want to talk about your hunt last week? Yeah. I mean, if you want to, you know, kind of discuss a few different things. And um, as Henry mentioned, I'm a newer hunter. So to get into hunting i felt like it was a really great experience so henry's been a really great mentor to me i've gotten to sit your stand with him um now and a few different hunts with um with the squirrels and um and then my boyfriend is an upland hunter so like it really did i felt like it was a pretty cool training for you know going up upland hunting with him and then also it wasn't intimidating you know like i think you know right now i haven't gotten my first deer yet so I'm not even really sure how I'll feel with, you know, looking at a deer, but a squirrel, I just felt very intimidating to go out there and kind of hunt hunt squirrels. And, and for me, I'm a very, um, you know, physical person. I like, I trail run and do all that type of stuff. So the walking around aspect of, of, uh, you know, small game game hunting really for me, um, sitting in a deer stand was very, very rough. (laughs) Uh, so being able to move around, look for squirrels, kind of like, uh, you know, learn how to like hold guns properly while moving around things like that was uh very interesting and very awesome for me um so uh, i think henry kind of nailed it with if someone's trying to get into it and um it's a great place to start when you're getting into hunting so i appreciate henry for all the time that he's given to me um getting me out there and and like i said i'm looking forward to the next hunt and also i think i'm ready to get back out there for deer as well so yeah awesome so Mm -hmm. When you guys went out, you took the dog, right, Henry? Yeah. Yeah, I have a – he's not, like, a fully trained, like, awesome, you know, school-trained hunting dog. He's he's a – he's half blue tick, half mountain cur, which are both, uh, you know, treeing species of – or treeing breeds of dogs. So he's got a ton of just natural instinct and – I mean, he knows your basic dog commands, but I just let him out there and let him work. And he, his natural instincts just kind of take over, and he, he does a pretty good job. I mean, he's still working on his confidence. Um, like I said, he hasn't been trained. He hasn't hunted with other dogs because there's not a ton of, like, squirrel dog people around here. Um, I think if he went out with – another dog that was finished, I guess you could say that would probably help his confidence. Um, like for example, uh, the squirrel that Jess got the other weekend, he was marking that tree a lot. So he, he was circling that tree. He was looking up that tree, but he, he didn't start, he didn't bay that tree, but you know, I, I know him well enough to know that like, Hey, he definitely thinks something's going on there. And, you know, lo and behold, like Jess looks up and says, Hey, you know, there, there's a squirrel on that limb right there. (laughs) So he, I mean, out of when you're walking around the woods, you know, there's, there's thousands of trees. So if you at least have a dog that you can watch and tell you what tree to look up, that narrows things down like a thousand to one. And it makes it a little bit, more of like a lackadaisical hunting too because you don't have to be as on guard you can kind of 
walk around and chit chat with your friends and j- just keep an eye on the dog and see, see what he's looking at, see what he's doing. Um, right now, I mean, he'll, he'll bay based off site. Um, but that's about it. Other than that, he, he's still just kind of working on his own confidence of like when he's positive, if there's a squirrel up there or not. Jessica, when you saw that squirrel, were you just like, this is it. Here we go. Like there it is. <laughs> right. That one, that's what we're supposed to shoot. Right. <laughs> It was uh, actually hilarious because, you know, his his puppers was kind of like going around the tree and Henry's like, well, sometimes they'll do this. And I'm like, oh, like that squirrel right there. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, um, shoot it. And I'm like, cool. But no, it was I mean, if we're being the first, you know, squirrel, it was definitely um, it was like glowing up in that tree. Like it was like, okay, like it was it was right there and kind of it happened pretty, pretty great. So, but yeah, exactly like how you just said it. It, that reminds me of a time I was on a deer drive and I'm walking out. There's like four of us. We're going out to, I think we we're sitters or whatever. But we're going out and we're going to go over this little knob or over this, this bridge or whatever. And uh, we got kind of to the top and I don't know if I was in front or the other guys were talking. I looked and we were like, Hey, is, is that, is that a deer right there? And they're like, <laughs> Oh my God, they're just bucks standing there. I mean, it, it would look so silhouetted and perfect that it was. And I, I think I was still pretty new to the whole thing. Like is it almost looked like a lawn ornament that was just well perfectly placed in this area. I understand this idea of this like glowing squirrel that's like, oh wait, that's the prize right there. So yeah, that's exactly how it was. Yeah. <laughs> was funny. But okay. So Henry, if you don't have a dog, let's talk about some of the basic techniques of like what are you doing? You're going out, you said kind of the morning and the evening is when they're a little bit more active, the breeding season, that kind of stuff. If you just get out of your truck in the dark, you go sit by the sit by a tree and start sitting there waiting and watching, listening, or Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's how I you know, kept my teeth on it and I that's still how I hunt sometimes. Um but yeah, it definitely helps if you know the area a little bit. So you kind of know where your mass trees are. So, you know, early season. So early September, you're looking at your hickories or even your, your maple trees with the helicopters or your, your beech trees, the beech nuts are falling. Um, that that's your early season mass crop that the squirrels are really hitting. And then, and then it's more acorns, uh, you know, late October, throughout the rest of the fall that they're they're hitting after that um but if you don't know that i mean you could always just go in and pick a spot and sit down and wait for the sun to rise and you know 30 minutes after legal light or so you know you generally start seeing some some squirrel action in the woods which i'm i'm sure you're you're used to from being up in the tree stand um but yeah just, just sit tight listen observe and and just start kind of learning learning the forest around you and i mean odds are you're probably gonna see a squirrel um eventually just because you know there's such a pretty high population of them um and you don't necessarily have to go stalking after it unless you're you're pretty good at pretty good at that i mean i would suggest just watching them and kind of learning their like what they're doing where they're going things like that and maybe if you don't connect today you can kind of learn a little bit about the area and come back and maybe pick a slightly different spot the next time 
Real stupid question. If you're sitting there on the ground observing, yep. you're shot. You talk about shooting them out of the tree. I get that. But if it's on the ground, eating those mass crop, are you good to shoot on the ground? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you got a clear shot, take it. And There's not orange, Hunter? Is there orange requirement for this? There's not, unless it's during one of the deer gun seasons. Okay. So if you, if well, let me, so just a hot tip, if it is one of the deer gun seasons in Ohio, so you know you have first gun season, bonus gun season, muzzleloader season, that limits what you can use for small game hunting in general. That makes it so you can only use shotguns with shot shells only, and you have to wear the hunter orange required for those deer gun seasons so you can't use a 22 during those seasons okay i think i have one last oh don't leave my mind what was that last question i was going to ask you oh can you talk a little bit about etiquette in the woods when it comes to how i mean if you're talking that acorns are big food sources for the squirrels at the same time that they're big food sources for the deer. We know that we're going to potentially have run-ins with bow hunters uh, or other people using the woods. And and I think that is a hot topic of people. You know, I had all these I had squirrel hunters come through and ruin my hunt or whatever. Can you talk about how you handle that a little bit? Sure. Um, I mean, early season, I'm not really running my dog. Because he can tree all the squirrels you want, but with leaves on the tree, you're not going to be able to see the squirrel up there. So early season, I'm more solo hunting. So it, it it's a little bit easier to kind of control where you're going. Uh, I mean, you're staying out of each other's ways a little bit easier if you don't have a dog. Just the same way if you're picking like a, a spot to go bow hunt. I mean, you're moving real slow. You're doing a lot of observing. Usually you can pick out tree stands. You can pick out, you know, if somebody's out there, obviously if you're driving around and there's somebody in a parking area, you'll go to a different parking area. Um, later in the season, like right now, um, like I mentioned earlier, squirrels are kind of fair weather creatures. So they like to be out in the middle of the day this time of year. Like I won't even go out until like 11 or 12, one o'clock, but I'll bring my dog with me. So a lot of times I'll hit a parking area and there's guys coming in from their tree stand and then I'm heading out with my dog as they're, you know, heading back for lunch. And so I, I really don't run into people using that method either. And then if they're coming back in the afternoon, they, I mean, they know I just got out with a dog, so they're probably not going to come back to the area. Um, for the evening, but you, a lot of it's just watching and observing and just trying to stay out of people's ways. Just common sense. Jessica, did you, what are some things that you picked up last week being out with Henry that maybe you hadn't thought about or that if somebody else was starting in the small game for the first time that you would suggest? Hmm. Let me, well, like we were talking about before, um, I've been trying to get into it. Just I want to do a little bit more bird hunting and upland hunting. So, just like the, the observing, running a dog, things like that was really awesome. Like it was basically like a a starter course of getting into upland hunting with with that. Um, 
how to properly move through the woods with um with a gun was something that I think that was really um interesting and also cool to kind of learn about um Henry is very uh, is like a a book of knowledge when it comes to what squirrel are eating what trees to look for um where they're kind of going to be at things like that so learned a ton about um all of that and then also how he was saying a lot of the things that you're looking for with squirrel you're also looking with deer so picked up a, a ton of that knowledge as well um and then also how to freaking prepare a squirrel like no one and when you even tell people that you're kind of eating a squirrel they're like you know they're like there's no way there's no way I would eat a squirrel but let me tell you, um, Henry makes some mean squirrel wings, and I honestly think that they taste better than chicken wings. So, honestly, learn learn to find those are just like some of the things off the top of my head. But, um, but yeah, like I I can't. Um, I if you're trying to get into hunting, you don't know where to start. Um, being a new hunter myself, I think that the squirrel hunting was probably the the best bet, and it, it makes me really really comfortable, and and I'm really excited to kind of uh, start new things after. Th those two a few experiences with uh hunting squirrel with henry henry will you squirrel hunt the same areas that you deer hunt oh yeah okay oh yeah i didn't know if it was one of those things like i'm gonna blow that area up so i'm not gonna go to that well you know what i'm saying i'm not like a super uh i don't know what you call it i don't want to say superstitious but i'm not very I don't have a lot of tight rules when it comes to like deer hunting either. I mean, there, there's deer everywhere and I'm not like out there just always waiting for a big buck. I just like fill in the freezer. So I know that there's deer there. I know, you know, I'm not going to squirrel hunt there and deer hunt there the same day or vice versa. Um, but yeah, I, I'll go out, you know, September, early October and I'll, I'll squirrel hunt the areas that I deer hunt. And then, you know, November I'll deer hunt them and then I'll switch back to squirrels and then go back to deer for gun season. And it, it really doesn't make a difference. I mean, the deer know what's going on. Um, right. It doesn't really seem to bother them unless you're, you're hitting it hard for days on end. All right. So how do you make those squirrel wings? <laughs> uh, well, when it comes to skinning a squirrel, I mean, you, you can look up a bunch of methods. Like there's the tail method and all that, but I prefer the, the pants and shirt method when it comes to skinning them. So you just kind of, you cut a circle around the squirrel. So then you kind of have a pants section and a shirt section of their skin. And you just peel that off from the midsection, you know, forward and aft. Um, and then from there, I mean, it, cleaning out the guts and all that it's 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 a lot cleaner than than gutting a deer um it's just kind of like doing a bird you know you just snip through the ribs and all that and flick the guts out and it's super clean they're not just pouring blood everywhere like when you're when you're gutting a deer um and then you kind of separate it you got the the four different legs and then you have like the midsection, which is kind of like the, the, the back strap slash tenderloin section kind of between the pelvis and the ribs. And that's, that's your five pieces right there. That, that those are your five, that's your five pack of wings. Um, it was really cool. Tell them how you're like soaking them and how you're like the process of like baking that, that wing. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so if I shoot like rabbit, squirrel, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll toss them in just a bowl of salt water and that just helps kind of wash off any blood that's on there or whatever, and like a mild brine even. Um, you know, you can help scrape off any any hair or anything like that you might have stuck on it. And then uh, from there, I'll just put like, uh, what did I put on those? I put, uh, got some bearded butcher blend seasonings. I got a hot seasoning and I got a Cajun seasoning. Um, so I put some hot seasoning on some of them and Cajun on the other. And then I just pan fried them in uh, like olive oil and butter. And then I tossed the ones that had the hot seasoning on there and uh in like a, a a buffalo sauce and the Cajun ones I just kept as Cajun dry rub. And yeah, that's about it. I'm just curious how long did you cook them? Because I, I was trying to do the one earlier this year and I felt like it was real tough. Like I didn't maybe I didn't get it cooked. So some squirrels, your older ones, you'll you'll get some tough ones out of the batch. So I, I'd say one out of five squirrels that you eat are just just chewy, you know. Judging by the nuts on the size of the squirrel I shot, he was like <laughs> super granddad, right? He'd been around. <laughs> so funny thing about squirrel nuts is is their nuts look big during the breeding season because they actually descend from their body, but when it's not breeding season, they're kind of sucked up inside them, so it makes their their nuts look smaller. When that so it, that just means that they're that they're closer to a breeding season when, when their nuts look that big. Makes sense. Um, it's, it's your fun fact for the day for squirrel nuts. Um, so, but yeah, if if it's a really old squirrel, you know, two three years old, it's just going to be chewier. But most of them aren't don't make it to that age, and they're they're pretty tender. I mean, Jess can attest to that. For sure, they were delicious. Awesome. Well, Henry, can you give us, uh, tell us people where they can find you and Ohio BHA. I know you guys have a pints night coming up, right? Pint night coming up. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, we have, so Jess and I are on the board for Ohio backcountry hunters and anglers. Um, and we have a pint night coming up in the Columbus area on January 18th. Um, at, land grant brewing we've been there a bunch it's from 6 to 9 p.m so if you're in the columbus area you want to come check out ohio backcountry hunters and anglers stop by um it's always a good time it's it's awesome like just meeting people networking for hunting and fishing um let me load that back up um and honestly, I mean, the, most people I hunt with these days are, are just people I've met through BHA. So, you know, I, I can go anywhere from Cincinnati down to Marietta up to Toledo and then, you know, over by Salt Fork or Northeast Ohio. And, you know, I, I got friends in that area of the state that I hunt with. And it's it's just cool just to have that opportunity across the state. Oh, yeah. Plus Columbus. Can't forget, forget about Columbus. Um yeah come out check us out i mean big public land and water uh conservation group if you don't know about bha um but you know we like to work hard play hard and it's it's just a nice group of uh people that like to go out there and get after it awesome and your instagram or 
people can find you? Yeah, our uh, Instagram for Ohio Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is just Ohio BHA. Okay. So Ohio BHA, all one word. Awesome. And Jessica, your group, Women on the Fly, right? Mm -hmm. Did I say it right? Yeah. Uh, Ohio Women the Fly. So you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Ohio Women the Fly. And then we also um, have a website, www.ohiowomenonthefly.com, and has all our events and everything that's happening in the future. So we'd love to see people there. Awesome. I well, appreciate you guys coming on. Paul, you got anything else? Let's go. No, that's it. Thanks. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. So good luck the rest of the season, and we will uh, we'll stay in touch and talk to you soon. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us on. I don't want to go to work because my boss is a jerk, and I'm not even that pay. I need a change in my life because I don't feel alive, and there's nothing that makes me happy. Oh. Hold my beer for a minute. I'm about to quit my job, cash in for a ticket. I'm going on a trip and I don't plan to visit. I'm going to stay there till I feel like I'm winning. Oh, and this is just the beginning. I need a big change. Help me feel like living. I need a big swing. Home runs I'm hitting and I'll never look back. Moving on till I get it all.